Hey everybody, this is Dario with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Now, some features are not available in all states, but that's okay. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off of their MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, everyday True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save your time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, Ruby fans. Welcome to another episode of the uh, Rooster Teeth's Ruby After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm so happy. I am ecstatic. I'm excited to be here. Flipping great. Yes. I know. We have a full panel tonight. That hasn't <laughs> happened in ages. But tonight we are going to be covering the World of Remnant 2 Kingdoms and Episode 8 Field Trip. I'm so excited. Joining me on the panel tonight is Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. Mark Donica. <laughs> I am here as well. <laughs> and Patrick Dees joining us for the first time in a few weeks. And I believe he has something he wants I to do. say. I do. I've got a little housekeeping. So first of all, thanks for having me back. i got to tell you, I finally put down Destiny long enough to talk Ruby with you guys. <laughs> so no, I've been traveling on business. And uh, off the top of the show, I had a little bit of housekeeping. Today's a very special day. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, some, uh, one, of, one of our dear and close friends was brought into this world. Mark, happy birthday, sir. Oh, jeez. On three. One, two, three. This is happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday, dear Mark. Happy birthday to you. Yay. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm not going to eat this on the set because it's too clean and I feel terrible. <laughs> Thank a, you very much. a cupcake much. disaster. I don't think yep. it handled the transportation That's how you well. get ants, Patrick. I'll tilt it so it's show forward. Maybe we should continue. Anyway, anyway, happy really confused. We do. We have a wonderful, wonderful guest here in the in the studio with us tonight. We actually have two guests tonight, but joining us right now via Skype is Shannon McCormick, a.k.a. the voice of Ozpin. Hey, <laughs> how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Love the spirit fingers. Yes, it was. Well, I'm really glad that we have you on for this episode because Ospin, he really ruled this episode. It was really great. Hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you know he's he's good for coming in for monologues. <laughs> Explained everything away. Yeah, or or pep talk, you know, pep rally speeches. So uh, yeah, I, uh, it was it was fun. I, I I take it you guys planned this out on purpose, right? 
that you didn't you didn't you didn't have me in and after an episode that uh, Ospin wasn't in or something like that. Uh huh. Sure, keep believing that. We literally just, just watched the show today. <laughs> I saw it an hour like ago. Like everyone yeah. else. <laughs> what would be? I mean, okay. thank you for believing right. that. Okay. Yeah, it would have been awkward had you invited me on and it was like, yeah, no, no, he's not in this episode at all. Oh, we talk Doesn't about matter, it, Doesn't matter, still shit. Yeah, yeah, we talk, yeah, yeah. We talk <laughs> all about this. Comes up yeah. every episode, for sure. Pretty much. Absolutely. Well, anyway, so- we... We're, we're very excited to have Shannon here today. We will be taking your questions via Twitter, uh, via the, um, the AfterBuzz TV online chat. And as Katie mentioned earlier, we are going to be announcing the contest winner at the end of the show. So for all of you guys who entered into the contest, thank you guys so, so much. We had tons and tons of applicants. Um, do we have a drawing thing? We do, and I think we do that at, at the end. Yes. I, I don't all know right. about you guys. I was so, I, you know, new to the Ruby community, but I just want to say to people, like, this community is amazing like it had i uh you know having been part of other communities and play there's never been a community i've seen that's just like unmitigated like warmth and friendliness and speculation i don't know the ruby community this has just been awesome so thanks guys for all your entries and good they luck. can be pretty great and they good really luck can. we sure yes, it definitely warms our hearts so let's go ahead and get into this let's go ahead and talk about the world of remnant 2 which is again another kind of short just world building episode and this time we talk about the four kingdoms the um atlas mistral and i I apologize if I mispronounce that. Vacuo and Veil. And uh, the the episode just talks about kind of like their governments and their military and, you know, which countries kind of place more emphasis on military is kind of kind of apparent. And then Yeah, just kind, a little. Kind of unsettling is they talk about like small villages that happen to just kind of disappear on occasion. Ruby does Roanoke. I guess. And then, and, you know, anybody who, who's wandering as a nomad is also really susceptible to that. And then they also talk a little bit about the hunters and the huntresses academies. Um, but what I really liked about this episode is that we, we actually get to see the world and we get to see kind of, you know, these four beacons of hope for humanity. They didn't mention the menagerie, the place where the, uh, faunus supposedly went to after the war. There was no kingdom mentioned there. There were entire continents that didn't have the lovely little lights on them. Yeah, there were a couple of those, and that's a little unsettling. There was a lot of land that they didn't cover, and then just this whole thing was very foreboding about the military and about all of the the, the traveling villages. I, I hope we get to see some some wandering folk on this field trip when we get to it. They provide a light for the world as long as they stand together. Really close to it. <laughs> and all of the lights go yeah, 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 yeah. You uh-huh. could not be more ominous if you tried. Oh, I'm gonna die. Well, and oh, that's yes. obvi- nine seasons planned. <laughs> no. Obviously, we we have obviously the creatures of Grimm is one of the big things that the humanity has to stand together against. But we don't really get a whole lot about about what else is kind of out there. I mean, we clearly see that there's a lot of social stuff going on, especially with the faunus and everything like that. So it makes me wonder what else besides the creatures of Grimm we have to pull together against. Well, we had 95 seconds of information. That's yeah. not a lot. No, not really, but enough to ask a lot of questions. Yes. But beautiful animation, as as with the one previously before it, too. It was really, really nice to look at. It's, like, was... it's like a war film. <laughs> yeah, well, seeing the army there, it almost looked like... Um... Like 40s propaganda. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Really they marching through, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it is Ironwood, and he's the guy that showed up to a festival with... 
three warships so, and a couple mechs and that guy. <laughs> Dude knows how to party. He really does. Well, uh, do you guys have any other thoughts about um, the world of Remnant for this particular episode? I just want to know more. I, yeah, that, that's fair, yeah. the bottom line. Sure. I really want to know more. I thought it was a cool departure, right? Like, it was a cool way to deliver exposition and not bury it in an episode, right? Because they're so... I think they do a phenomenal job of giving us really intricate, uh, like, character relationships. They they develop character a lot in that short amount of time, but it's good, good to have additional exposition. So I hope they do more. I'm and it you. makes sure that it um, ensures that the bye weeks aren't devoid of content. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, now that we've covered that... Shannon, since you uh, have been nice enough to take the time, you know, time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to us today, tell us a little bit about your experience with Ruby. Uh, as um, well, it's interesting. I, I feel like I was one of the um, first non-Rooster Teeth people who saw it, um, and partly that's uh, because I'm uh, involved in Red versus Blue. Um, so I guess this was in fall of 2012. Uh, uh, Monty pulled me over to his desk one day when I was in to record some wash lines, and he was like, hey, I have this thing to show you. Check it out. Uh, and it was, essentially, it was the Ruby uh, trailer. It was the the red trailer. Uh, and I was like, dude, this is amazing. Right. Um, it's going, this, it, I, I think there was some, some internal, like, it, what is this thing? What are we making? Is this going to be popular? And I knew right away when, when Monty showed it to me. I was like, that's going to be a mega hit. Um, and it's, it's basically turned out that way. Um, and then, uh, uh, I got to, uh, you know, I got to come in and audition in the spring of 2013. Uh, it was great. I read for both, uh, uh, Torchwick, uh, Torchwick and, uh, and Ospin and, uh, and they, they chose me for Ospin and, uh, I think Ray's doing a, a, a great job with Roman. So, uh, I think the casting there is really good. Yeah, awesome. no, we agree. Uh, you are an improv artist. Um, obviously, you have a lot of experience with that. I, I don't imagine that uh, with with the speeches that Ozpin gives, I don't imagine that there's a lot of room for improvisation. But did they let you improv? Uh, as uh, as Ozpin, those moments haven't come up. I mean, he's a very uh, calculating guy, mm-hmm. and uh, his scenes are very m- measured. Uh, and... Uh, we, he just hasn't been in a situation where um, he needs to be glib on the fly, which is, you know, improv is good for that. Uh, and uh, so so I haven't done any improv as Ozpin, um, but we don't know about what the future may hold. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Do you think he has it in him to be glib on the fly? Oh, absolutely. And um, it, it's also, I think, um, in a way, like with, with Wash, uh, although even early on, uh, I, there's you know some of those some canonical wash lines from Red versus Blue were improvised as well. Sure. But uh, in almost every situation, it was they're improvised in the sense of uh, Bernie or Miles. No, we we need a beat here that indicates something, right? And they they'll give this sort of general indi- what's going on here, uh, and then I'll I'll just like ad lib in the booth until we get something that everybody laughs at or, or thinks is appropriate. Um, I think we're still kind of getting to know Ozpin well enough to say what would we need a beat here. We don't know what it is, but could you fill it in, or could why don't you play around a little bit? Um, and I think we're all of us, the, the the writers, me, we're all getting to know him still. Um, and I think at some point uh, we'll probably be like, oh, hey, we need Oz needs to say something here. Can you can you, what? But but we're not happy with the line that we have. Can you can you give it a go? So I I, I think that's going to happen. 
I can't wait. <laughs> I just can't wait. Now, here, the, the, the season where Wash got to cut loose and be funny was an awesome departure for the character, and I can't wait to see Ozpin do the same. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what What it really is, is we've seen, we always saw Wash in action, right? And so um, action always has contingencies and danger, and uh, you need to sort of, you know, be clever on the fly when you're in danger. And uh, we haven't seen that with Ozpin yet. So um, I think that when those opportunities present itself, we might see a little bit more uh, room for uh, that kind of playfulness. Interesting. Well, you know, so, Shannon, you said something interesting. We're still kind of getting to know Ozpin a little bit. One of my favorite questions this week, as you know, we called Twitter. I appreciate you uh, helping spread that word a little bit. We called Twitter for some of uh, some questions for Ozpin specifically. So uh, I wanted to read this one to you and get your take on this because we're still kind of getting to know. He says, uh, Ammo Burner on Twitter says, how exactly does Ozpin take his coffee? And in your opinion, who would win in a fight, Ozpin or Dumbledore? The same person on Tumblr asked that question. The many faces of truth on Tumblr also wants to know how Ozpin takes his coffee. This is a big deal. You, and and <laughs> answer carefully. Irish, evidently. <laughs> Amen. Look, look. <laughs> obviously takes his coffee black. Okay, yeah. okay. And I can find that. And frequently. Uh, fair. Yeah, that's, that's also just my own bias. Uh, so, uh, but... Look, when you see him pour a cup, there's nothing else around. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. A little bit around, of dust, you know, maybe. And he's, you know, he would be meticulous. He would have the, the fixings and would do all the fixings in the right order, probably, uh, if if uh, if he took you know cream and sugar. So black, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Makes things easier. Fair enough. <laughs> he's not Ironwood. He doesn't carry a flask. And, <laughs> and then if it came down to it, I mean, who wins in a fight? Is that Ospin or Dumbledore? I got money on Ozpin. I'm just saying, but I'm a little biased. You're yeah, betting with our Twitter followers? followers? I mean, I'm... Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, we got to say Ozpin. Although, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Well, speaking, we did have one, uh, just speaking of Dumbledore, uh, obviously a lot of people kind of see a little bit of some similarities between Dumbledore and Ozpin. And yeah. uh, we had a Twitter user... Um, uh, Nathan Ness, who wanted to know uh, whether or not kind of Dumbledore was part of the influence for Ozpin's character, or if that just happens to be a coincidence. Um, as a as a piece of as a piece of writing, or as a my portrayal, your portrayal, my portrayal. Um, you know, um, not as not as much in my portrayal. I mean, uh, I think the you know the sort of kindly um, headmaster character. Uh, is you know the uh, Dumbledore is your most obvious uh, go-to in that kind of situation. But I mean, even you look at something like uh, you know Soul Eater or something, and you have uh, the Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to see any giant karate chops? Oh my god, yes! Giant hands. Look at look at my hand right now. <laughs> She's going to hit people with the cane. <laughs> Stop it. Um, he's not as a he's not as big of a goofball as uh, as uh, the Grim Reaper in, in uh, Soul Eater, but uh, so I think it's it's there a little it's there in the writing. Um, I don't really think about it very much in the uh, in the portrayal or the way that I'm reading the lines. Okay, what do you draw from for influences for Ospin then? Um, for me, well, I mean, part of it is I'm thinking about you know he's a Dumbledore like character, he's like a fatherly like character. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, when I went into the audition, it was when I just started watching. Uh, just started watching uh, Game of Thrones, 
Uh, and I, no. you know, this is this is out there in the uh, in the community. I've, I've mentioned this a, a number yes. of times. Yes. But for me, it's. I mean, I don't think it's an impersonation or um, or that it even sound that much like him. Uh, but for me, it's always been a kind of a Charles dance as Tywin Lannister. <laughs> okay. Um, so it, and it, and I think Tywin and Ozpin are very different characters. Uh, but vocally, he's uh, a direction that I'm going or thinking about when I'm when I'm reading those lines. Yeah, I can see that. Very calculated. <laughs> I had to take a minute to process that. It took a lot of RAM, right? Like they're both very calculated, very precise in their language. I can see that. That's really metal. Exactly. Yeah, and I just love the story. Yeah, and some of those scenes with uh, you know in in Game of Thrones. I mean, in the books, Tywin is kind of this uh, shadowy presence, or he, he's he's more behind the scenes. But on screen, Charles Dance is just so amazing, mm-hmm. and the scenes with with uh, with him and his children are r- really powerful. Um, even when he's being a total jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there's a, there's, ending there's, a, there's a tenderness and there's a, a there's a, a believable uh, uh, fatherly uh, vibe in the chemistry between all those actors, uh, and I I really. Uh, I try to draw from that uh, in in I mean in also my own uh, you know experience as being a father. I think my favorite scene as an actor has been the scene in uh, in Volume Two, Episode Two, with Blake, uh, where he's sort of coaxing out from her that he like look look he knows that she's been you know he knows her history. He's giving her an out. He's letting her, you know, tell her side of the story. She doesn't want to, and he's not going to punish her for it. And I think there's a there's a lot of complicated motivations going on in that scene. I really I really like that scene a lot. It's well written. It was it's pretty great. Yeah, no, that was a really again. Ozpin just has a lot of really great dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because because he's such a monologuing character, is there anything in particular that um, that you do to get into character, or any vocal exercises you do to kind of prepare for for all that monologuing? Mm, not so much. I mean, uh, they you know I get the scripts in advance, and uh, it's he's measured enough that it's not hard to um, to uh, to spit that stuff out. A lot of it is just finding the the nuances and the the right rhythms in the sentence to, to you know, bring the, the sort of meaning across and the, the, the subtext. Um, whereas like, you know, somebody like, like wash is maybe more excitable. And when he's monologuing, you have to really sort of, you know, measure, watch your breath a little more carefully to, you know, make sure that you don't run out of breath for a big ramp up kind of uh, speech or something like that. Um, Ospin is, um, uh, the, the, the subtlety is hard. The, um, the technique is not, if that makes any sense. Yes. We actually had a question about um, from Tumblr user Miss Nergasm. She wants to know what you. Yeah, great name, right? I know. I know her. She interacts with me on Tumblr. If she, if she's a she, I think she's a she. It's Pretty sure Miss. she's a she. Sure, sure. She's, she's fun. But well, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. And she wants to know what you think of Ozpin's motivations. What you think goes through his head when he, um, for example, does the rule bending today? Yes, yes. Bye, kids. Enjoy facing death. Right. Right. What do you think his motivations are? What do I think his motivations are? Yes, because I assume you don't have the entire story. I don't have the entire story. Um, 
But I don't think anybody has the entire story yet. Um, Just don't sit down with Monty for coffee if you don't want to know. <laughs> tell him the entire story. Well, has, has he told you the entire story? Not He's told us. JJ. Yeah. <laughs> well, look. So where do I have it? I can't find it. Uh, I can't find it. Agatha's exclusive. Okay. Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. This. Here it is. Here it is. This. This is this is Ospin's motivations for scenes uh, for seasons three and four. Uh, apparently, I am the only person who has this besides uh, Bernie and Matt. So Miles and Carrie don't even have it. Wow! wow. Have a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, let me tell you, man, Monty is a cryptic dude. Uh, so even reading it, I'm not sure uh, if I understand all the motivations. Are you sure that's not just an envelope full of money? (laughs) (laughs) That is a motivation. It's just secretly hush money. (laughs) Lots of motivations. Actually, I haven't opened it. I don't know what's in it. (laughs) He just told me it was important. Uh, uh, He, uh, man, I do understand. Well, okay. I don't understand his motivations uh, uh, in the... I, I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> it's super. It's super complicated. Um, I mean, in the in in the in the short run, like what we're seeing, I think. I mean, I think everybody gets it. It's like he's a guy who sees something in these kids who uh, is going to give them a chance and uh, let them indulge in some behavior that. Maybe isn't wise, but he's got a hunch, right? He's got a gut feeling that they are important or they're onto something. And I, I don't think that that's like in any way uh, uh, giving anything away. I think that's the read that everybody has when they watch those episodes. That's the read that I bring to it when I'm reading the scripts. It's like, oh, okay, that I, we we know that uh, that kind of interaction. It's like that guy, he's given them a chance. He doesn't he doesn't know why, but he's he's going to go out on a limb and give them a chance. Um, as far as the sort of three-dimensional chess behind it, uh, there is some. There's some that I know. I think there's some that's still kind of being puzzled out on the fly, and that's that's pretty cool. So it's basically Xanatos speed chess up in here. What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I speak in tropes. Never mind. Okay, okay, okay. Highbrow improvising. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we, we do have a couple more questions from Twitter. Um uh, the silent pineapple on Twitter wants to know. Um, obviously, you you're very you're, obviously you don't know a whole lot about what's coming. You know, it's in that top secret binder over there. But a lot of Twitter users are really hoping we get an Ozpin fight scene. Do you yeah. think that'll be something we see in the future? Do I think it will be something we see in the future? I mean, look, it's a show that Monty's making. Uh, <laughs> come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys think? I mean, will we see it in the future? Uh, I, I mean, I think that I, if I were a betting person, um, I don't think there's anybody who follows the show who would not bet money that at some point in the future we would get to see Ozpin in some kind of fighting thing. So make of that what you will. Who would you want to face as Ozpin? Oh, who would... Who, who Personally, would, uh, who would you want Ozpin to face? There you go. Yes, you got you. There we got you. Um, hmm, I don't know. Get, does it have to be in the show? No, no, no. Godzilla. No, Godzilla. Yeah, just whatever. Tywin. Yeah. Tywin. Tywin's dead. Uh, uh, Spoilers. So. <laughs> 
the entire panel no, no, no. <laughs> RTX. RTX callback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of the Ruby story that we haven't been exposed to yet. Let's just put it that way. Sure. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, Shannon. Thank you so so much. Uh, where can fans go if they want to contact you or if they want to like just kind of find out more? Um, if they want to, well, they're not going to find out more. I can't say. <laughs> I'll find out more about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so I'm uh, I'm pretty active. Both I'm actually I'm probably most active with the fan community uh, on Tumblr. Uh, my account on Tumblr is uh, root beer flotsam, uh, which just it's a joke. It's a pun. It doesn't mean anything. Um, and then my uh, my uh, uh, Twitter handle is sad ogre, and I'll, I I interact with fans on both of those places. I'm probably a little more active. Uh, in the fan community uh, on Tumblr. Cool. All right. Yeah. You troll us every Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I do pretty consistently troll the fandom when, when shows are going on. Fantastic. <laughs> well, it's thank wonderful. you so, so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you taking Absolutely. the time. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Ah, that was cool. That he was, is a good people. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's so awesome to hear him talk. Um, before before we move on uh, with the episode recap and with our second guest of the evening, well, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. So many of you have gone to uh, iTunes to rate and comment for the contest, but now that the contest is officially over, and again, we will be announcing the winner at the end of the show, now that the contest is over, we still really need your help. We really appreciate all the comments and the ratings, uh, they make us feel good. But more importantly, they show our bosses that you guys love this show and that you guys love this after show. It makes us more searchable on iTunes. Uh, and uh, it booth shows... Booth Guy's here. Yes, Hi. it is. Booth Guy's. It's Booth Guy. <laughs> the Booth Guy. Booth Guy has some more to Thanks to the, uh, the contest, we have, of course, gotten all of your iTunes reviews and we have put them towards the contest. And they are in... This bucket, this little basket with all your Twitter handles in it Ooh, and all your little wow. iTunes things in it. And we're going to announce that at the end of the show. But I do have to give some shout-outs to all the people. And unfortunately, I can't do comments because there's so many of you guys. All right, shout-out to ZoomT100, BabyCakes, WolfRanger42, Smith, J- Smith John J, Sunnydale99, It's a Me, Mario, It's a Me, I'm Mario, <laughs> Icarus, N. Kenry, Kartik92, Bailey B21, Siberian Shot, Ethian1, Slake97, Gothic Mystery, Adolf Andretti 13, Ammo Burner, XXLXP, The Uncensored Gamer, Game Guy 95, Abby 5577, KTQ, Dexter RC, Kate Alin, Ramal Free, Devi West, For the Yuri, alright. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, 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 percent sign, Lazarus, <laughs> Reaper51X, JoJo Blackbird, Ray Huck, D Langston sixty six River Dragon eighty three Conman twenty Nathaniel Sora March that guy who is no me Carlos <laughs> De Best Ostman one one zero Tyler Sniper Smith not Kristen thirteen Anakin Mario Sun forty three SPK Dog Sarias Kaylee Sands the official CMG General Agamo Music Lover three one five Larigo Money Sign O N one Termin, Scary Acres, Dragon City User, Crinkles878, Frizzy Man 11 Ember Curly, Marceline the Vampire Queen, Yellow Tides, Tynosha, and Rubiestly, Stealth86041. Uh, that, uh, oh, that's it! 
That's it. Wow. We're done. Wow. We're, done. Wow. We're Psoriasis, finally done. Psoriasis was pretty good, but so was not Kristen 13. Can you imagine? I'm going to be not Kristen. No. <laughs> not Kristen 3. No. I've, my favorite one that I've heard tonight is definitely Silent Pineapple on Twitter. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty good. Silent Pineapple, we love you. Yes. But guys, you know who we do have? We have Kathleen on the line. Hi, Kathleen. Welcome, welcome. Why can't I see you? <laughs> because, oh, no. Do you really want to see me in the booth the whole time? I do. I do. I, okay. Can I just tell you, I was listening to you guys talk about Disney. Do you want to hear some really <laughs> oh, good no. Disney stuff? Oh, no. Yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So here's what's crazy. So when I was a kid, my babysitter um, and her friend, they were like 17 years old. They went to Disneyland. Oh, no. And this was back in the day when the people mover was there. I mean, mm-hmm. now it's like yeah. a rocket thing. I don't even know what it is anymore. Anyways, the people mover was this track. little ride that you sat in, but it didn't have any kind of bars around. Nope. Like you'd sit down and it just had a little top. So my my babysatter, Cheryl, she goes on the ride. She and her friends have the little ears. They go they're going across the part where you're like two stories above the you know the whole yeah. uh, right? Okay. Yeah. Her ears her ears blow off and she's like, oh, I don't think so. She gets out of the ride. No, 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 no. She goes to get her ears. She falls. Oh, she no. Down. Yes. She gets radio or a uh, helicoptered out. And she broke, like, all these bones. She <laughs> had skins going, like, through all these bones, oh. you know, like, through her body. And I remember my mom telling me the story. I'm like, no, not at Disneyland. But wait, yeah, let me just tell you one last story real quick, <laughs> no, too. please, please. This is fantastic. That's really gross is... There was a ride called America Sings. Oh, and yeah. back oh, yeah. in the day, you sat in the audience and you rotated around this. It was like a 360, and the audience would go from segment to segment to segment, oh, right? God, so I've you heard this see one. Okay. Oh, God. So you oh, couldn't no. get up during the ride, oh. but the people that escorted you, like the hostess, the Disneyland people, they're not, they weren't supposed to get out of their seats either. And so there was this girl where she introduced the whole show to everybody and then they like went on their little ride and they came around and she was gone. They got everybody out. She was smush. Yeah, she had in between hair. the You didn't know that? You didn't know I but, thought that's where this story was going. Oh, did, did they get her out before she died? Because she didn't die at Disneyland. No, she died. Oh no, no, she no they got her un- out before she died. You're not allowed to die at Disneyland. <laughs> they declared People her dead in the parking lot. Yeah. She was probably yeah. dead illegally. Oh my I, god! So wait, see, I'm the Disney aficionado. Just so you know, awesome. you and me Welcome. both. You and me both. There are books with those <laughs> stories in them, and now yeah, we have somebody to peg them to. Disneyland. They have like the um, scavenger hunt where you're, you know, you go and you find all the special things. I mean, I've worked with people. In the you know animation industry, so it's like Disney is like the biggest part. Of <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I would go on and on, but that's another segment. So when you when you go to Disneyland, are you pointing out trivia to, uh, everywhere you go? Yeah. <laughs> when you go down Main Street, just so you know, they did it in a way that it is. Uh, if you look closely, the buildings when you're first there have like three stories worth of windows. And then, because they want to make it feel like it's longer, you'll have then two windows, and then at the very end of Main, uh, Main Street is one window. Oh, dang, and you're right. the windows are all named after people that used to work at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Very, wow. like, high-up, you know, people, so. That's awesome. It's a forced perspective, so when you go down, it feels like <laughs> exactly. it's long, and when you go back, it feels like shorter. Yeah, exactly. Wow. We'll definitely you have to talk about Disney. the light above the firehouse? 
Wait, say that again? The light in the uh, firehouse window. Yes. You know, you know the story? I probably do, but tell me. Tell me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell and then we to have to get back to the episode. Let's get to Ruby now, guys. No more Disney stories. Let's get to Ruby. <laughs> okay. We only have her for 22 minutes. Yes. I'll tweet it to you afterwards. Yes. All right. Well... For those of you who don't know, <laughs> Kathleen does the voice of Glinda Goodwitch, Yay! and she killed it this episode. Yes, she did. <laughs> she just about killed Ironwood. Yes, she did. <laughs> I think that that Glinda and uh, Ironwood should have a little. <laughs> we, you know, she. That was actually something a lot of people have been asking us about on Twitter, and actually something that we're curious about too, because she seems to take a lot of everything he says. She takes really personally. Did they? Used used she take it a like a like a like a scorned lover, kind of like, oh, what are you talking about, James? Yeah, right. Everything right? is a demeasuring contest. <laughs> Did you no, actually I, have I that history behind you know what you see? Did you actually have that full line in the script, or did it cut off at D? No, I just say it. No, I always, you know what? You always say the line, and then they can cut it and post. Sure. And it's exactly what we think it is, right? It's dick, baby. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Mystery solved. Can I make that a sound drop, please, Kathleen? (laughs) It's dick, baby. (laughs) And I have a new text message sound. I know. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, and and so basically this episode opens up with them, like, you know, trying to get more information from Ruby and then kind of just going, what are we going to do about this? Because Ruby, when she realizes that, you know, it's the White Fang who is possibly associated with these guys, and it could possibly be that girl that Glinda fought the night they met Ruby. Yes. Cinder. I'm sorry, my dog wants to say hello. Oh, hi, Hello. Okay. Oh. The internet <laughs> says hello. <laughs> What's but, your puppy's but, name? Don't kiss me. Don't, yeah, don't even go there. Okay, but yeah, yes, yes. She seems to, right, put it together. But then did you see how Ozpen kind of shunned? Just you know, Yeah, a little bit. No, let right? her talk, let her talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I mean, you know, she, Glinda was like, well, didn't you just say she was trying to say, <laughs> <"Yeah."> <laughs> <laughs> But it's kind of like, hello there. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, no, there, there's, some, there's some stuff going on. And I'm going to tell you, all the people that say, I didn't get to read it, I read the whole damn thing. It's great. <laughs> just so you know, so Maybe I was privileged. I don't know. I think I read everything. But I was very, very impressed by the story and all the character arcs and how it's going to go. Um, I thought that this season was, well, you know, last season we had to basically set all the characters up and, and set, you know, get everybody familiar with everything. But this season, it's all about the story and the, and, you know, it's like drama and the relationships and, you know, building everything out. And I think that's what's so exciting about this season. We so. could not be happier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It's so no. exciting. I'll, although I'm really, I, I, I'm trying to use restraint right now because now knowing that you know more than a lot of the other guests that we have on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I want right? to ask all right? the tough questions sure. now. Yeah. Plausible deniability. Well, shoot. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, Glenda has fallen down the elevator shaft. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> she have dust? Can't she stop herself? Okay. <laughs> well, well, tell us a little bit about, like, so when Monty first approached you about the role, kind of what were your initial thoughts, and then, you know, like, what, what was that experience like? Well, ironically, 
I was producing the first season. And so um, I think they felt guilty because I said, hey, I want to do a voice. And so then he was like, oh, my God, well. uh, Glenda. So, yes, um, it, it's a different thing when the boss is asking to do a voice. And sure. she's like, hey, what's going on? But, uh, no, I had a track record with pecs, so I'm hoping that's mm-hmm. why. But I took it very seriously because um, I have a lot of respect for Carrie and for uh, Miles and for and Monty. Because these are, you know, there are three young men that um, that are doing things a lot different than they do in Hollywood, and I respect that. So, you know, I went through the process. I, I you know, interviewed. I did the whole audition thing. I did, you know, I was like, hey, I'm going to audition. I'm, I'm, I might be the boss, but I'm still going to audition. And I took every one of their notes because that meant a lot to me. And I also... You know, I, I didn't want it to sound like text. I didn't, you know, sure. I didn't. Because yeah. Monty yeah. said to me, I've got this great character and she's badass. And, you know, I mean, Monty made text be that amazing character with the fight scenes. But he recognized that I want, I said, I don't want, I said, I want to do something different. Right. So it was really exciting for me to be able to try different sounds for different ages and different softnesses and a whole different look. So it was, yeah, it was, I, you know what? I was very excited about having the challenge. So awesome. Well, you know, and knowing everybody at Rooster Teeth has an amazing sense of humor. Were there any, like, was there any ribbing during the audition process? Did they mess with you a little bit? What was that like? Are you kidding me? Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. It's always ribbing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things where, and you have to have a thick skin because that's going to happen. You know, you're going to, the thing about it is you get in the booth and um, funny things come up. I mean, when there's phrases, certain phrases, I mean, when I was doing, when I was doing my scene with, um, with James, Iron, you know, the whole yeah. thing, I mean, I'm all like, bow chicka bow wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. DVD extras yeah, at this point. The voice actor was, and he's a hunk. I'm all like, oh yeah. Please, let's like really. This is good. They I, should totally get together. <laughs> in fact, we should do a table read. <laughs> if we need to meet each other, maybe have dinner. I don't know. But yeah, it's, uh, it was it's uh, it was it was great. It was great, and I like the fact that I got a chance to do something. You know, here's a character who's a um, whole different look. Very, she's very soft, very feminine, but she's very strong, and I like that about her. And I mean, she's got her riding crop, and she's like, "Yeah, bitches, you are going down." So I like that, you know. <laughs> I've never seen a riding crop used to channel magic, dust, energy, etc. Before, yeah. and that's amazing. <laughs> Speaking of another, it's like to channel like it into ice, into fire, whatever I want. I've been trying to get one made for home, but I haven't. <laughs> that would be exceedingly it. useful. But speaking of another look, we have one user on Twitter uh, at. Muriel, who wants to know Hi, uh, <laughs> what sort of alternate outfit would you like to see your character in? I think a bathing suit. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the internet just exploded. <laughs> Neri is, yeah. It yeah. makes sense. You know what? It's all, it's all about her alter ego, right? And I think that Glinda has that sexy side. Her and, I'm going back to James. I think she and James need to have a moment. Yep. And he, maybe it's like a flashback. They're like in the beaches of I don't know wherever fantasy world, and um, yeah, yeah, she's got some really cool looking, you know, I don't know some. I feel like you can wield so, the, the the tools of social media to make that happen. Let's come up with a hashtag, and I feel like we can just lobby Monty and the crew. Are you kidding? This is going on Tumblr. We, we, we can, will have swimsuit okay. Glinda within the hour. We can make this happen. Yeah, there you and go. You know what? I wanted to print out. I have hundreds of fan art, and I don't, I have it a lot here in my in my office. 
But um, I'm telling you, you're right. Because now that we said that, these artists, they're very talented, these young folks. They're going to be like Glenda Baden. Make it stylish, though, guys. Let's not make yeah, it. Yeah, let's no, be classy. Don't phone it in. <laughs> yeah. Phone it, it in, right, what, exactly. What, what I mean, has, Glenda might not be, you know, bosom buddy there. Let's, like, let's, like you know, keep her... Keep her tasteful. <laughs> I, I do love the passion in the community. What's kind of been your favorite like fan art or fan created thing that's that's been sent your way? It's I like gotta tell you, children. I have a lot. Um, yeah, right. I have a few stuff, but it's not of Glenda. But let me just show you this one thing I have. I this, love this is oh, let's see right here. This is a framed piece. Whoa. This was done. Wow. wow. Yeah, and and it was uh, done and it was sent to me. So it's me and my greyhound dog. Um, the framed stuff, I'm always amazed. But uh, but the Glenda stuff is beautiful, and I wish I could, you know, at the top of my mind, think of there's a lot of Twitter fans mm-hmm. um, that come to RTX, and they have done these beautiful drawings. I mean, Glenda kind of lends herself to, well, all of Ruby, all of Ruby's shows, characters, I think, lends itself to beautiful renditions of the characters because there's so much color and um, and angles and, you know what I mean, and gestures and uh, costuming. So I think Glenda has, I've gotten, I mean, what, you know, Master Chief text. What can you do? Master Chief <laughs> Right, yeah. But with Glenda, it's like, God, I've, I've seen so many beautiful, beautiful pictures and on Twitter. And I, all, I always take them and I put them on my desktop. You know, I keep them. And some people send them to the studio, the, you know, the originals. And it, I cherish every single one of them. I mean, it's, it's brilliant work, so... That is so yeah, cool. It's fantastic. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Can I do a shout out real quick? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have a very special young lady. Um, my boyfriend, uh, his daughter Sydney. Um, she uh, goes to school in um, Marble Falls, and she's a huge anime fan. And so I wanted to say hi to Sydney because she, you know, I got her. I, I, I don't think I was a proponent for her watching anime. Maybe a little bit, but. Once she started watching it, you know, and she's seen Ruby, she's a big fan, so. The whole chat wants well, to know why you did Hi, boyfriend Sydney. in air quotes. Two <laughs> 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 like, a man friend, I guess. He's listening to air traffic control. He's a pilot. And when he leaves, he was leaving tonight. He always, when he flies out of Houston, I'll listen to air traffic control. And when they say, you know, they, they always let, the, they say, okay, go to the Houston departure. He'll say, okay, blah, 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 you, the flight number and everything. And they'll say, good night, cat. So I'm always like, oh, good night, honey. <laughs> oh, so great. So great. It's <laughs> really wonderful. sweet. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned color because uh, we find out uh, in this episode that color actually means a lot to the people, uh, you know, in the kingdoms of Remnant. That's part of Ospin's speech is that um, that this war like 80 years ago was partially uh, an oppression of like artistic expression. Yeah. It makes me wonder who were the what were the two sides of this war because we know that there was a human faunus war my questions are is this the same thing if not who was doing the oppressing there is so much more to this story that we as the viewers do not have and I was talking about this in the pre-show earlier. We also don't know how long people live. We don't know what a faunus lifespan is. We don't know if humans do the usual 80 to 100 years. Or if because this is a fantasy world, they're all elves and they live for 300 years and it's yeah. normal. Do we humans. have any veterans of this war kicking around? Do we have any people who went through this? They don't we, look that old, but it's anime. 
You're right. No, it's uh, when when uh, interestingly enough, when we did the first volume, that opening with the remnant was created, and it was you know the the the, the gentleman, and I'm going to say gentleman, and I'm going to encompass uh, the Miles, the Carrie, and the uh, Monty. You know, they had their vision when we first started this was past season one, two, and I mean, they had this thing written out. Sure. Which which I was very impressed with. So what you saw in The Remnant and, you know, in that opening, Mm -hmm. there was a decision made where it's like, how much information do you want to give to everybody? Do you give, you know, all of it in the beginning or do you hold some of it back? So that. That storyline, um, it was, you know, a decision made to say, okay, too much for the very opening, and and you see that in volume two, and um, so they knew in their heads what they wanted, and so it's one of the most interesting things, because if you look at everything that we have in the show, it it borderlines on all these other stories. I mean, even Glinda Goodwitch, what is she, you know what I mean? From Wizard of Oz, you know, and Grimm, what is that from? Which that's what I loved about this, because mm-hmm. if you have any kind of fascination with um, storytelling from the past, uh, this show, it kind of encompasses all those things, Little Red Riding Hood. And, you know, I mean, all of those things, Disney stories, Grimm stories. Um, and, and that's what I loved about it. And, and, then they took it to that whole next level, which was their own mindset and their maps and their worlds. And a lot of that, I don't know. It's in their heads. So, you know what I mean? It's like we try, We were in animation. You want to sit down and you want to say, okay, is it a fantasy world? Is it a, is it a world that we all know of, like Earth? And you have to identify, right? So there's certain things when we started creating the show and I would sit with the guys from my experience, you know, producing animation, I'd be like, okay, let's set these ground rules down because you just want to have ground rules when you're making animation. So is this a fantasy world? Is it a, you know, um, is it a Harry Potter world? Is it, but they wanted it and they did do this. They made it their own, you know, their own organic type of world. And I give them a lot of credit to that, even though they utilize things from what we know, it's still, it's still its own, you know, type of world. So are they human beings? How long do they live? The fun thing about it is they can do whatever they want, right? And and it's not like, here's the thing. It's not like we need to know the answer. We'll get the answer down the line. Okay. That's that's reassuring. I hope I hope <laughs> we get more, answers um, soon. It's reassuring and terrifying all at once. But I think it's kind of fun, the fun of the show, right? It keeps people tuning oh, in. Yeah. So outside of just the love of all. Exactly. Yeah. That's the fun of the show. And yeah. that's what you want in something like this, right? I Agreed. mean, it's, you know, it, part of entertainment is using our own minds to make up the stories that we want to have happen, right? And yeah. so you see all these these fans and they do their fan fictions and their writing that's brilliant. I love seeing that because yeah. it's it's everybody saying, "Okay, I want it to go this way." You know, I mean, it, it, we all did it, but now we we have a we have an arena in which you can you know make that happen. So um, it's you know I'm excited to see past volume two because we talked about when I was uh, you know producing on it, I went so far with them, and then after that we'll see. You know what I mean? That and then I'll be like, okay, now I'll be really excited about it, but. Um, no, I, I, I'm I'm impressed with the way the stories are going, and I love I love the way the different 
characters are, you know, introduced. So I do have a question about characters and, um, I'm not sure if this is something you can answer definitively or not. We know that Ruby's based on Little Red Riding Hood and Yang is Goldilocks and the Three Bears. There's been questions going around as to whom Weiss is based on. Snow White, the Snow Queen, or something else. Can you tell us for certain? You know what? I'm going to say it was Snow White. And, I, I, it, it, you know, Monty might be cringing, but I'm thinking back when we talked about it, and it was all loosely based. You know what I mean? Sure. Snow Queen, not I don't. I, Snow Queen, no. I I, I want to say we went. It was more the traditional routes, but okay. but what was so beautiful about when I talked to think with Monty was he would take the traditional route and then he embellished. You know why I would sit there and I'm thinking it would kind of be like right. <laughs> never even looked at it like that. So you know. So but I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was the traditional route that you know the main the main characters. Okay, sure. Went. Yeah. Right, thank you, Glenda. <laughs> it's interesting because you know we, we we would talk about Glenda and he would talk. Uh, uh, there was the anime, and I can't think of the name. It's going to kill me. You guys were talking about it with uh, Shannon earlier. Soul, oh, Soul, Soul Eater. Eater. What say again? Soul Eater. Yes, yes. But then also, you know, I kind of felt that um, she was like um, Lord of the Rings, um, the Galadriel. Galadriel, yeah. Nailed it. Right? And yeah. so so the elegance, you know? Yeah. And um and that and the wisdom. And and they just packaged her different a little sure. bit. But that's kind of, you know, I, when I tried to find that voice, that's that's kind of who I, you know, I thought about when I was kind of channeling sure. that voice, so... Megan, yeah. I'm cognizant of the fact that we've got a, a poster to draw and we're kind of running near on time. I've got one more quick Twitter question. Sure, go right ahead. Fair enough. Uh, I, I kind of loved this. So, let's see. Um, at Frederick Croc 3 said, will we ever get to see Glinda teach a class? Yes, I saw that question. Okay. Um, you know, she is like, she's like the the vice principal. You know, sure. you got the principal there. So, she teaches. And, and I, when I read that, I was I was thinking to myself, the ironic thing is she's always teaching, if you really look sure. at it. You know what oh, I'm saying? Like she that. teaches by her example and also when she's out on the field, when they were doing the, you know, they were out in the grim and, you know, they had to fight all the, you know, all the monsters and things. Um, I, would li- I would love to see that. I don't think it would be a class. I think it would be an auditorium that was there to learn, like all of the school wanted to learn something special from her being a huntress. I think that would be more of how she would be teaching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As yeah. Opposed to, yeah. So gather around children, listen running, up. <laughs> she does seem to be running the practice matches. We saw earlier yes. the matches uh-huh. with Pierce. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Great you know point. what I mean? And so she's on that kind of a thing. And so, I mean, I don't know would you call it. She's a teacher there, but it's, Yeah. I don't think you'd see in her classroom saying, hey, one plus one is two. But no, no. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that she is very much wanting to be lead by example type of a personality. Master so. class okay. on like cafeteria, cafeteria cleanup, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can I tell you, I wish I had that at my house where 
I can just, you know, do my finger and, like, my house would be clean. 100%. <laughs> I'm right on that same page. How many times has she had to put that cafeteria yeah, back what? together after students put stuff on? Right? Okay, can I just bring that home? Yep. So. Yes. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Be awesome. Well, sadly, we are running short on time uh, because we do have to wrap up. We Kathleen- can go for about another seven minutes. Oh, really? I'll yeah. tell you what. I, you know, I'm going to tell you right now. I would love if you ever, if guys ever want to know about anything. I don't know if you ever looked up on the other show or things that I've done, but in animation, I don't know what, but I would love to, if you ever want to talk animation and Iron Giant and all the different shows that I've worked on, I enjoy giving all the dirt. And you know, kind of telling it how it is. That's great. We enjoy know. hearing the dirt. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. is this yeah. is a good this is well, a good relationship. Actually, since we Please have a couple let more us minutes, know the we next should... time you're in LA, y- yep, we'd love to have you in studio mm-hmm. or and you know for coffee or whatever. Megan okay. can also set up a skyping in the voice of interview, which is a long form interview series we do here at AfterBuzz TV. I just I interviewed Phil that. Lamar from Pulp Fiction the other day, so y'all should check that out too. Phil, Phil Lamar. Yeah, yeah I just interviewed him yesterday. Okay, Phil and I are buds. <laughs> so we just worked on a film of ours is coming out, which is the um, it was uh, Jason Reitman's film. It's yes. coming out October, October 17th, I think. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so all right. I did, um, if every show, I was just on Entertainment Tonight. It was so funny. I'm sitting in my living room, and I'm like watching, and Jennifer Gardner is on Entertainment Tonight. And she started talking about this film, and I'm, like, watching it, and, and I realized that it was the film I just worked on back in, in in December. And so I thought, oh, I'll watch what they're saying. And they had a little bit of the behind the scenes, and there was Jason, and there was Jennifer. And then you see me, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all like, oh, my God, I thought it can be tight. But anyways, um, but, you know you've arrived when. I yeah, <laughs> Right? I, She's uh, been here. Yep. True, true, true. Good boy. All right, guys. So we're going to do the announcement of the contest. Uh-oh. You drum get to roll, win. please. Oh, I can't do a drum roll, but you can do a drum roll. You're looking at the poster on the screen right now. And I'm going to turn my camera on, and we're going to have Kathleen <laughs> announce the winner. You can see this basket full of names right here. I Let's go ahead. Big money, no whammies. <laughs> Kathleen, you can see it. We're going to have to. I'll hold I, it to the screen. Okay. And it is. Suspense is killing me. Bumping up. I have one. I have one name. The internet. I have one name, guys. And now let's go to number five camera. <laughs> oh, I love this. Okay, ready? It is SDF River. And I see. Congratulations. Oh, that's exciting. Congratulations, right. SDF win- uh, River. River, right? So we'll follow SDF you. Winner. SDF, yeah. SDF right. River on Twitter, and uh, we'll uh, we'll follow you and send you a DM with all the instructions on how to get that poster signed by all four members of the cat- main cast of Ruby. Congratulations, Yay. and thanks so much to everybody who entered. I thought the whole the whole contest was just awesome. Yeah, you thanks for so wonderful much, people. And yeah. just to let you guys Amen. know, we do have another contest coming uh-huh. up in two weeks. For the finale, well, it's going to be finished on the finale, yeah. which is going to be a cast and crew poster signed by all the cast and crew of the show. Whoa. So that yeah. one will go on for four weeks of just people doing it on iTunes. But the rules are going to be a little bit different. We're going to we're gonna tweet out a flyer soon, and you guys will be able to partake in that contest. Are we eligible this time? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Kathleen's eligible, but you're not, Mark. Oh, dang it! Oh, no, just said me. No, just said me. You guys probably are. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. are we all eligible? It's his birthday. Come on. I like seeing you in the booth rather than nothing. 
Yeah, but then I'm in the booth like here, like this. Booth guy, feel free to join in on our conversation, Stephen. Doing spirit fingers. Um, But yeah, so this has been pretty fun, guys. I do have to say thank you to Kathleen. And also, I mean, if you guys really want swag, you got to ask the guests. You got to ask Kathleen for swag because we got to give the swag they give us to the guests. Kathleen, can we have swag, please? You see all this? Oh, you know what I'm going to send you guys? I'll tell you what. You email me your address, and I will send you. Artwork from Space Jam, and, or Scooby Doo, or I don't know. Do you have favorites? And I, I have so much artwork. I have Iron artwork Giant. from so many cartoons. Iron Giant's the Iron best. Iron Giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Big time well, Space I- Jam. I don't play defense <laughs> alright guys we do unfortunately have to wrap up so let's go ahead and throw out our twitter handles and Kathleen thank you so much thank you so so awesome. much Kathleen talk to you guys follow Kathleen at K's Welch yay Welch. sorry <laughs> bye Kathleen thanks bye, bye. thank you so thank much, you so much. All right, guys, that was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, but, yes, thank you guys so, so much. Uh, follow us all on Twitter because uh, we will be tweeting out stuff about this upcoming contest. Congratulations again to, it was SDF River, SDF correct? River. SDF River, congratulations. Katie Cullen, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on the Sword Art Online and Z Nation panels on Sundays. Patrick. I'm at P to the D is on Twitter, and I've got a little podcast on iTunes called Pixel by Pixel, largely. We talk gaming and all things nerd. Mark. You can find me on Twitter at SoapboxMark on the ro- ro- Rooster Teeth. Forgot how to speak for a second. <laughs> Rooster Teeth Farms at soap- SoapboxMark. I'm here for the Epic Meal Empire after show and the NXT after show. And I, this has been fun. I'm just. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm blown away. <laughs> happy oh, birthday, happy Mark. Happy birthday, Mark. And I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I'm on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Uh, be sure to tweet Mark your happy birthday wishes. Done and done. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Shucks. Uh, thank you guys so so much for listening. We will see you guys in two weeks. I'm actually going to give my Twitter handle. Oh yes, Stephen Lemieux. I actually talked. I actually talked this time, so I'll just say it. you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux. S T P H N L E M I E U X. And check me out this Sunday on the AfterBuzz TV show for the Strain. We have. Kevin Durand calling in, actually Skyping in just like we did this, who plays Vasily Fett. And if you watch this show, you know that you guys want to watch that. And definitely check out uh, Stephen's uh, The Voice Of with Phil Lamar that was recorded yesterday. One last thing, if you're in the Los Angeles area, we are having a Rooster Teeth fan group meetup this Saturday. I have details on the Rooster Teeth site at Kiaget. Same as Twitter and Tumblr. Done and done. Uh, Thank you guys so, so much for joining us. We will see you guys in two weeks. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. But see you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 